You're listening to episode 32 of Basic Geek Girls. I'm Swapna Krishna. And I'm Preeti Chibber, and we're recording on Tuesday, April 16th, 2019. Yay! We're back again. I know. We've been trying to get <laughs> our shit together to record this for like a month and a half, and it just has not been cooperating. I'm, it's so hard. I know, and if you can't tell, I am ill, but I was like, no, I'm, we're not putting this off again, because <laughs> I just, we're never going to do it. And so, um, yes, and there's so much to talk about, and we want You're to do... A post Endgame episode, so I was like, we have to do it today, or we're going to end up having to talk about Endgame and all these other things, which and we can't. No, like that would be an eight-hour-long episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, as much as you all love us, don't love us that much. I don't even love us that much. No, <laughs> I really do not. Um, uh, so the, I guess, like the biggest news. I mean, a lot of news has happened since our last episode, but the biggest to come out in the last week or so is the Disney Plus announcement. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool stuff in that announcement. There's so much. Like, Disney, I mean, obviously it's hilarious because Disney owns everything. It's, like, sad hilarious, right? It's, like, a lol-stop situation. It is. They own own Marvel. They own Star Wars. They own Nat Geo. They own all these different franchises, and now they have a stake in – they own Fox Entertainment and so Hulu and all of these other things. And so this announcement just – like, I don't even think that we can get to everything because there's so much – you know, so like if we break it down by like, yeah. okay, first Disney. Yeah. So the Pixar stuff's all going to be on there. The Disney classics, I think they're opening the vault and putting stuff on there. Yeah. Um, there's some like Lady and the Tramp live action is going to premiere on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. which is like, ooh. Which is also, I'm really, I don't, I just, just, just enough of the live action movies. Like, give us new animated movies. Yeah, I the only reason I'm excited about Lion King is because of the cat. Yeah, and Lion King actually does look cool, but I, I'm no. I just wish the facial expression like they haven't given the lions any emotion in the face in the trailer. I know that's such a weird. That's criticism. a weird, weird criticism. <laughs> they haven't given the lions. <laughs> look, if you make a live action movie. There's nothing like the fear on okay, Simba's wait, so face. Okay, so is it is it live action? Like it, it, it's CGI, right? It's, it's CG. Is it CG? Is look- it live- I'm confused about like because everyone keeps talking about live action Lion King. I'm like motherfuckers, you can't make a live action Lion King. Like <laughs> you just can't do it. So I don't understand. It looks real. They it look looks like real. real lions. Yeah, it looks real, but like it's all CGI, right? It's like hyper realistic. I think we're we're short. We're hyper realistic CGI. Yeah, hyper-realistic CGI that we've all shorthanded into live action. <laughs> but it's so true. Confused. They all look animal. And you look at the, the emotion that came through from the car- the animated cartoon, like that fear when Scar is like, this is your fault, basically, yeah. to Simba. And he's horrified and he's Oh, scared yeah, and the emotions, the, the Simba's emotions, in the um, especially Cub Simba's emotions, are yeah. really good in the animated uh, version. Little, little baby Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> oh my god, so good, so good. No, I'm really excited about the casting of the, and I think, I think, I think just from the trailer and the way they like replicated the scenes so effectively, like those icon, so many iconic scenes from yeah. the animated movie. So well, it makes me really, it makes me interested to see it. But like, I'm, I'm not. Mm. I'm, yeah, it's been kind of blasé. All of these live action remakes, right? Like, 
we're going to see Aladdin because brown. But, like, that's Are big. we? I'm going to see it. Are we? <laughs> Fine. I'm going to see it. Probably. I mean, I'm definitely subscribing to this service, so I'll probably see it because it'll right. be we'll on Disney. So, I mean, that's kind of the way I feel about a lot of this stuff. Like, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm already paying and it's on there, I'll watch it. Well, so, okay, so you've got the Disney stuff. Then for Marvel, there's a there's a lot coming from mm-hmm. Marvel, a lot of television shows. Like, obviously, all of the movies will be on there. Um, I think Endgame will end up on there. Yeah, it I won't agree. be on Netflix. Which is actually really nice because I can stop buying the ones I care less about. Yes. Because until now, I've bought pretty much all of them. And now I can, because I wasn't sure when they were going to get pulled from, you know, Netflix or whatever. And now it's just, and like, I like to be able to like do like comprehensive rewatches. And so now that'll be really nice because I just, I don't have to buy the ones I don't care about. Yeah. Cause I think I only own Spider-Man, Black Panther and Thor. Oh, I do own Civil War. Mm-hmm. And that's, those are the four that I, I actually own. The rest I'm like, I'll rent, like whatever. Yeah. But these will all be on the streaming service. In and addition- presumably forever. Like, Probably forever, or so. for for as long as this iteration of streaming lasts. Of right. like, if we'd never go back to a cable format, which mm-hmm. who knows what the world will look like in ten, fifteen years. Yeah. But there's also a Winter Soldier and um, Sam Wilson and, and Falcon TV show, which mm-hmm. I just hope is like a buddy cop. Movie. Me too, because uh, first of all. Um, when they announced the Winter Soldier show, because they just announced it initially, I believe it's a Winter Soldier show. Um, I, I was hoping, I was like, both or not. I, I don't think it was both, because I remember specifically thinking, like, I would watch that if it was, like, a buddy cop. Well, because I feel like, the, like, Civil War wasn't a, generally a very funny movie, for obvious reasons, but, like, the, like, the moments I always have to, like, pause to laugh are, like, the two moments between the two of them, one of which is when they're in the car, and, like... Can you move can, your seat up? And he's like, no. no. And then when they're, like, <laughs> lying on the rooftop after getting slammed, and I think, um, and, like, Bucky's just like, I hate you. No, yeah, it's, uh, I just watched it for, for fangirls, and it's, Sam has finally, like, blown spider-man out of the out of the water basically mm-hmm. and Bucky's like you couldn't do that earlier yes and sam goes i hate you yeah no it's so <laughs> like those moments were like such needed like levity in that movie and i really mm-hmm. like their dynamic and i really hope this is a buddy cop show i will watch i do and in in addition to because the other shows they have lined up so it's like they just announced hawkeye mm-hmm. which please Please cast Arden Cho as Kate Bishop. Yeah, it's yeah. So the that. Hawkeye show is like what was buried in the like information was that it's actually like a Hawkeye introduces Kate Bishop show. Yeah, which is amazing and what we need from mm-hmm. what is presumably mm-hmm. going to really tie in to mm-hmm. the MCU as we know it. There's a Loki show, which okay. I'm on the fence about. Yeah, I mean I'll watch it because I like Tittles as Loki, but. Uh, and then the oh, oh I have yeah no, no little to no interest in the Scarlet and Vision the Scarlet Witch and Vision show which is called Wanda Vision which is like that their ship name I think so I so would like Disney just that. actually just like take their ship name and make a TV show which, and those two actors have no chemistry no chemistry like I'm sorry and like I haven't looked it up but I assume there is a 
quite an age difference between Paul Bettany and um, Elizabeth Olsen, which again, fine, age differences are fine, but it doesn't help their chemistry at all, I think, when Vision looks so much older than her. He like, looks a little not bit just, like her dad, like, yeah. Yeah, he dresses like a dad. <laughs> he looks like her dad and she dresses like a princess. Like, it's just a weird... It's a weird setup. It's a weird look. It's mm-hmm. a, all of it is just weird. Yeah. Everything about it is weird, and I'm not excited about it. Yeah, I'll watch the first episode to see like how sure. it is and what the story is. But like, yeah, again, part of, like I was saying before, like I'll, I will be paying for this. So yes, <laughs> I will watch this. Uh, and then for our very, very much our specific interests, Star Wars. Yes. I haven't watched the Mandalorian footage yet, but everything coming out of Celebration says it's amazing. Yeah, I'm really excited. And I'm excited for this to be a little more of a standalone series where you don't have to have that. Because, like, of all, all, for all of the cartoon series so far, I love them all in their own way. But you it's, you need to have a very intensive background in, in at least yeah. the movies to watch it. And from what I understand about the Mandalorian, it's going to be more of an entry point for people if they're, if maybe you've only seen the movies one time and you're interested in learning more. And and finding out more about this thing called Star Wars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Finding out why we talk about it nonstop. Why do we talk about it all the time? I feel really Uh bad for those of you who listen to this podcast who don't like Star Wars. I know there are a few of you out there and I feel bad sometimes. (laughs) Sorry. Yes. Um, <laughs> one more piece of like ex- super excited. I mean, I guess two, but really the one I'm excited about. I'm excited about both, but really it's the Cassie and Andor. Oh my god. And Kate Two show because I love Diego Luna. I love Alan Tudyk. And again, we knew we knew there was going to be a Cassian show. We did not know that Alan Tudyk um, would be back or mm-hmm. as K two. So I love them. I love their dynamic. I love everything about this. So I know. I think it's going to be so so fun and. I imagine quite haunting, obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. this is going to be prior to Cassian kind of getting that character growth we saw mm-hmm. in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting how they balance giving us a character that would be the kind of guy who murders an informant, like at the top of Rogue One, but is still a compelling and exciting character. Like yeah. that's going to be an interesting challenge for the writers, I think. And I think I'm looking forward to seeing that because. Part of what I like about what they're doing with Star Wars and the multiple shows is kind of creating a niche for every, mm-hmm. for d- different kinds of viewers. Like, you don't have to consume every piece of it, you know, In at least I hope. Um, it's just, you can pick up what works for you and not, and not everything's going to work for everybody because. Right. That's, I mean, it shouldn't. If it does, there's a problem because then you're just making the same content. Because then it's just like nothing right yeah. it just tastes like nothing Ugh. is that um, um is that all well the there's news? the clone wars which is coming right, back right the last season which pre one of you asked us what episodes to watch before that um before that final season premieres and now that we have more we have a trailer from celebration so we mm-hmm. can watch that now but from what i understand that it's going to focus very heavily on uh, mandalore 
Mandalore is just the place to be. Yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> so I would recommend definitely watching the final season, all the Ahsoka Mandalore, or all the, all the Mandalore episodes, as well as like, you know, what happens to Ahsoka because she comes back to work with the Jedi after having left the Order. But we'll give you a little more something, or linked to a piece. Yeah, that, um, and we'll, we'll probably spend some time discussing it, like, in detail. Yeah, I, I would imagine we there. want to do a little bit of a, not a full series rewatch necessarily, but a little but bit maybe of maybe our favorite episodes. Yeah, something we like that. We could do that, we'll Grand do plans. that. Um, that's the biggest stuff off the off the series, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I would have liked to have seen... There's, I, I can't remember if this is official or not, but an Obi-Wan miniseries is something that was discussed. That was, I think, hoped for, because... Um, I mean, all I want is my movie. I want my Ewan McGregor. I just want Ewan McGregor back as Obi. Right? Like, just let us have this. I don't understand. Why is it so difficult for all of you? Why is it so difficult? I don't understand. It's rude. It is rude. It's It's me. Hateful. Don't they know that my first website was an unofficial official Obi-Wan Kenobi (laughs) website? (laughs) An unofficial official Uh Obi-Wan Kenobi website. They should just hire you to write it. They should. I think they should. I think that would be smart. <laughs> it would just be me making kiss, me be me making kissy faces with. <laughs> That's what it would be. That I think is the biggest news that came out of the Disney Plus stuff, at least for us. I mean, there's like so much more. I think there's yeah. going to be something like seven thousand different things for you to stream when it drops into November. I think the November. idea is they own so much content at this point and they're just they're they know they need to catch up with series like Netflix that have had years to create this back content. And you know, they're not in the Apple is also launching their like by all accounts lackluster streaming service this year. Yep. So um they know they need to kind of throw good content at us to get us to watch. And the price point is really good actually. Wait, it's like six ninety nine or something. A month which, or seventy you know, or sixty nine ninety seventy dollars a year. Yeah. Which, which is, is like I would pay that just to having a baby, like having a kid who's going to want to watch Disney stuff, I would pay that just for him. And then there's also a lot of stuff for me. Like that's that's really good. And um I mean, we don't know how long that'll last because it's for sure like get them and keep them. But. Yeah, but it's a it's like it's a, it is it's like you know um, Netflix has been like steadily raising prices for years, and I like the it's at a point now where I'm like Netflix is kind of expensive per month. It is, and so um, I know like Netflix's stock price dropped drastically when Disney announced that pricing because if you're looking for one or the other, sure, cancel Netflix for a few months save some money and subscribe to Disney. Mm-hmm. Yay, I'm excited about it, though, because I'm a huge nerd. And even I though know. I know it's terrible that Disney owns 8 billion percent of our entertainment properties and are steadily marching us towards that Wally future, I'm still excited. Well, we can acknowledge that it's terrible while still enjoying the byproducts of it. That's very true. Which, it is terrible. We live in the world that we live in. Right. It is pretty but I can still, we can still be excited about this stuff. Uh, other things that are exciting. Yeah. Uh, we are finally going to talk about Captain Marvel. Not on, okay, to be fair, I finally saw it on Friday. So um, it's fresh in my mind. I saw it again on Sunday. So. And so also fresh in my mind. Um, <sighs> okay, first thoughts. 
I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Like the girl gang, like I enjoyed the vibe, like the kind of not too soon after, after the um, Marvel movie that we know is coming, which is end, not after the Marvel movie we know is coming. That makes no sense. I'm sick. <laughs> but um, with the Marvel movie, you know, is coming end game. I really appreciated the light tone. Like it was a fun movie. Yeah. It was a romp. Like it was, I appreciated the tone. Um, part of me, was like just in terms of the placement of it, I really hated the placement of it actually in the in terms uh, of it being schedule. in the 90s? No, in the release schedule. Oh. Because okay. I think this movie should have I mean, even regard like regardless, this movie should have come out like three or four years ago. Okay. But um because we're all waiting for Endgame and we need to know what happens, taking us into the past as the next movie just felt jarring. Yeah, I agree. And I like, agree with you. Like, I, all I want is, like, the follow-up to Endgame. And um, so that was hard for me. Um, that made me, I think, enjoy it a little less than I otherwise would have. Which is frustrating because I wanted to enjoy every second of it because we've been waiting so long for this movie. And that all of that just makes me mad that we did wait so long for this movie. And, yeah, it was really good. And I think um, I'm so excited to see, you know, what role she plays in the larger Marvel universe going forward. But come on, like, really, it took this long to get us a Captain Marvel movie? Yeah, it's frustrating, too, because it's like, I agree with you that I think obviously it should have been earlier in the mm-hmm. release schedule. Like, I remember when we were at Comic-Con and it was announced that it had been pushed back. Yeah because of these other movies that have come out and we were both like are you fucking kidding me like come on it's this is ridiculous but we should have just eliminated the doctor strange movie entirely yes and put captain marvel there because really doctor strange is like the least charismatic of all of them and gets so much better better introduction in like ragnarok and Mm -hmm. um infinity war than he does in his own movie because his own movie is terrible so really like that timing would have worked so well. Right. We didn't need, I mean, movies like, I loved Ant-Man and the Wasp, and mm-hmm. I liked Ant-Man, mm-hmm. but Ant-Man was a fine movie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, when it when it came out, I think everybody was treating it as this, like, palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. So if you take that and you take Doctor Strange, which were two fairly unremarkable films in terms of the context of the MCU, that... Captain Marvel could have been so much more impactful at those moments in time. Yeah. Because it too, like you said, it is a fun movie. It's a superhero. It's, it also is not particularly remarkable in terms of what it is. Like it's a really, really fun superhero movie. It's got all those beats. What makes it just a little bit better though, is the recognition of what it means for a woman to be in the lead of a superhero. I loved movie. those moments where somebody was that one guy was telling her to smile. Mm-hmm. I loved like there were so many moments about that aspect of it with like Yon Rog, um, you know, when she just I loved the like twist that Yon Rog was Yon Rog and Mar she wasn't Marvel. Yeah. I loved that a woman was Marvel. Yeah. Um like I I loved those little twists that just continually emphasized in a very subtle way, but continually emphasize what a big deal this was. Like, that was really nice. And, you know, the end, I think, was couldn't have been done in the same way, wouldn't have had the same impact without her being a female superhero. Yeah. When it's, 
every man who's ever been like, debate me, you know? And she's like, I don't have to prove anything to you. And that was the most incredible thing she could have done at that moment. And it, it makes Mm -hmm. me think of like the turning, you know, things on their side a little bit in some of these superhero movies, like in Spider-Man, where the end is he doesn't beat necessary he doesn't beat or kill a vulture he saves his life yeah you know vulture does it to himself and peter pops in and saves it's it just turns things on its side a little bit um or even black panther like it allows for some room of interest in the story yeah even if we've seen the story like even if we know that she's gonna win you made it an interesting win yeah yeah and she got she made a like, particular, a definitive choice. Like, she made the yeah. choice to act this way. Um, no, I really, like, I thought she was really good. I wasn't sure, yeah. honestly, how she would be. Like, in a lot of the, um, I, I was sure, I don't know much of her work. Like, I don't know much of Brie Larson's work. I really liked the interview she was giving, but I didn't know. And I thought she was really good casting. Um, she was, I thought she was good. I thought that I still would have loved to see somebody with, like, Gwendolyn Christie. I would have loved to see Gwendolyn Christie. Like, right, Gwendolyn Christie. Like she's a little bit older, I think, than the role needed. At least I can see how that would have been a conversation. But sh- can you imagine if like Carol Danvers showed up and she's Gwendolyn yeah, Christie, like my, my like, towering over Tony Stark? Yeah, my initial thing was always I would have liked Gwendolyn Christie, but like I think Brie Larson did a good job. Like I thought, think she, she was did really a good, good job, and yeah, I think she, she did can carry the role. Yes, I agree. I also thought, like, Jude Law was a wonderful villain. Oh, he was great. He was great. And I thought Ben Mendelsohn was the one. I, I, so just, I liked the twists. Like, I didn't, yes. a lot of it I didn't see coming. That, like, you know, the Kree, the Kree scroll. Like, I knew, you <laughs> knew there was something weird going on with, um, like, Jan Rog talking to Ronan the Accuser. Because you know yeah. that guy doesn't have good, you know whatever that guy's into right. is not good. So, um... You knew there was something going on, but I loved that twist. I didn't expect Same. it. And Ben Mendelsohn, I love the he had to keep his like Australian accent. He was this, like Australian scroll, and it made me laugh so hard, and I loved it. It's so good. All every part of that was so good, and I loved like Carol and Monica's friendship and the yes. representation of like. Yes. And, and I've talked about this before, but like the representation of female friendship. And how intense and how wonderful and loving it is was just so nice to see. Like, you can read further into it, I think, where clearly they are intensely connected. And that could be romantic. It could not be romantic. But I think the connection is such a... There was, I liked seeing the intensity of the connection on screen. I did, too. I liked, I liked that you could... I feel like there is a, there's a real need for non-romantic connections... Just generally in Marvel movies, like I feel like it's always trying to pair people off and stuff like that. But I also recognize that there is a need for you know LGBTQ representation. Like it's it's gross at this point. Yeah, they haven't even like it has there hasn't even like there hasn't even been a side character that has been like it's it's like it's gross at this point. Like I I don't know how to characterize it. Just it's kind of gross. Like. Mm And so, like, I would be happy with either of those interpretations, but I wish, um, I wish if the writers were intending us to interpret a, um, romantic, romantic. relationship, make it explicit, because yeah, I agree. the viewers deserve 
better. Like, especially people who identify um, as LGBTQ, they deserve to see themselves on screen. Like, Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. Overall, it's a, I think it's great. I'm excited. Like, the end tag of her showing up at the, you know, yeah. with, like, Widow and Cap and... And Rose. I'm sure that's a scene from Endgame. Well, yeah, because I was thinking it, it has to be, like, it's not going to be at the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be at some point. Because remember, um, at the end of, was it Ant-Man? I think it was Ant-Man. Ant-Man. There was a yeah. clip from the middle of Civil War. Yeah, which is hilarious to me. Like, you you all just gave away the first half of that movie. Yeah. And all of us were like, sure, that's fine. Yeah. We're here for the journey anyway. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, overall, I'm, I liked Carol. I'm excited to see where she goes. And, you know, any nitpicks I had about the movie are so minor in comparison to how much joy it brought me. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. My nitpick, is mainly, my nitpick is mainly just they shouldn't have put it in such a... That movie had to carry some heavy weight on its shoulders yeah. coming where it's placed. And it did so, and it, you know, it's clearly, it's in Breaking Box, the office record. Like, I'm so glad it's done so well. But like I said, it should have it come, like, three, four years ago. Like, really. Mm-hmm. We okay. could, so so there's a lot to talk about in this episode. Um, and we could go straight into some of the other Geekverse stuff, but I, I think we should take a break and go for something completely different. And talk about... I have no idea what she's about to say. Well, no, you do. It's just instead of talking about, like, super, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, 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 I do. We're going to talk about a Sundance TV show Mm -hmm. based on a book series. That I've talked about extensively on this show. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. A Discovery of Witches. Yes. Okay, so, and if you didn't subscribe to Sundance Now, which is Sundance's streaming service, I believe the episodes are currently airing on AMC TV. So you could actually, like, watch them live. But, but, you can, but Sundance has a free trial, I like think, Like a one-month trial that you can watch and then cancel. Which, yeah, which is what I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm, me too. Um, and, <laughs> but, uh, so it, it's eight episodes. It's based on the first um, book in the, I'm blanking on the name of the trilogy, the All Souls trilogy, which is A Discovery of Witches. Um... I have talked about this. I've read the books. Um, I've talked about this series pretty um, extensively, basically, that I think it's kind of like Twilight for adults with a lot of books. Um, And it has definitely problematic, but I enjoy it. I enjoy enjoy it. Um, Okay, so Preeti, why don't you tell me what you thought since I've talked about it? (laughs) So I've not read the books. Mm -hmm. I bought the first one. Uh, on my phone like ages ago and I just I just haven't been able to get into it but I watched the series and I watched all of it I watched all eight episodes I fast forwarded a little bit yeah it's this series I will say is slow it's slow Tom Hiddleston plays the Uh, vampire no 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 sorry Uh, not Tom Hiddleston Matthew Matthew Good Matthew Good excuse me I'm so sorry the other tall handsome blue-eyed Englishman I think I'm pretty sure Matthew Good is from England. Um, but he plays the vampire. You can see why I would confuse him with mm-hmm, Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. Played a vampire in Matthew, Only One yeah. Left Alive. Also named Matthew. The vampire is also named Matthew, I mean. Uh, yes. 
but Matthew Good is exquisite in this yes. role. He gives it much more gravitas than I think maybe it deserves a yes. little bit. Um, the main actress, Teresa Palmer, who plays Diana Bishop, has the um, charisma of a plain container of yogurt. It's really sad. Yeah, it, she is terrible. I don't know... I'm ho- I don't know that it's her necessarily. I don't know. I just isn't great because it's you know you're kind of it's hard. But yeah, she's not great. No, this, this the I will say the series is visually beautiful, gorgeous. Like it's filmed in Venice and at Oxford and I think in, in France and it is like oh visually asshole. Like, it's visually just breathtaking. Like, I think it's worth watching just for the visual effects. It's it's beautiful. Or not effects, sorry, the, the settings. The setting. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Very problematic. <laughs> they don't fix, I was hoping they'd fix some of the problematic aspects in this show. Spoiler alert, they do not. Nope. Still, it's still, you know, Twilight and, and all these kind of, Vampire type. Vampire type books that came out around the same time all sort of walk the same path of like really intensely obsessed vampire who plays like protector and boyfriend, but also kind of dad. And it's mm-hmm. super weird. It's super weird. That, like that said, the film is all about the female gaze or the gaze that is about objectifying men to a certain extent, which is refreshing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And you know, it's things like we're in the sex scenes. She never takes her clothes off. Yeah. yeah. He takes his clothes off, but she never takes her clothes off, which mm-hmm. is really interesting from, like, a socio, like, point of view. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting. He's also you never see that. very looking. Yeah, so, you know, it's not a hardship. <laughs> As a viewer, that's all I'm saying. It's such a ridiculous show. It is that that, so that one fun. scene when you're talking about the ownership, like the weird vampire ownership obsession, where he like picks up her jacket and smells it. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's so I'm like, what is happening? Like it's the equivalent of Edward like sitting in Bella's bedroom and just staring at her. Yes. I was like, what is Not sexy. Yes. Super creepy and weird. Or it's like Spider-Man, like just, or Spider-Man, sorry, Superman, just getting into, um, what was Lane's back? Yeah. Batman versus Superman. It's just like, "Mm, this is not sexy. This is just creepy. Creepy and weird. This is not what we want. Yeah. Um, And I also have to say that for being a pretty white book, um, it's they did a good job diversifying a little bit that being said all the diverse a lot of the diverse characters were bad so i don't know two steps forward one step back but typical they also changed i will say they changed a lot that's i mean i guess you have to right Mm -hmm. and the story the the storytelling is just different like Storytelling in a movie is different than storytelling, or in a yeah. TV show is different than storytelling in a book. And we actually haven't really spent a lot of time on the actual story itself. Oh, okay, yeah. So do you want to just give a brief rundown? So it's about a um, witch named Diana Bishop, and she is a, a professor at Yale who special, specializes in medieval literature and manuscripts, I guess. So she's at the Bodleian Library in Oxford um, visiting and doing research and requests a book from um, 
the Bodleian Archives, and it's called, like, I think it's called Ashmole 782, and it's just requesting a book. Like, it's not a big deal, but this particular book is, like, this magic book that people have been trying to get out of the library for, like, thousands of years, and for some reason it comes, and it's never come when it's called, and it comes for her when it's called, and so she is the first person to see this book, and so basically it's kind of figuring out what what's the deal with this book, why is it such a big deal? Like, why is she able to retrieve it? And, of course, it attracts a lot of unwanted attention for her. And Matthew, he first, like, he first, she attracts his notice because she is able to um, request the book. But then he becomes her protector dad lover. <laughs> Protective boyfriend dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so... Yeah, it's it was fun. It was fun. If you're looking for like something to if you're like, okay, I have a full day and I want to binge watch just like one season of a show, it's eight episodes that are like forty minutes long. Like it's a really quick watch. <laughs> and you'll enjoy it. Yeah. I mean it's pretty dumb, but like you'll enjoy it and For whatever reason you'll like it. Yeah, and I w <laughs> I, I, I wanna if you don't have the free trial for some reason, I'm not sure I'd pay would you pay to see it? No. But if you have the free trial, I would definitely get the free trial. I think Crazy <laughs> just fell over because she was laughing so hard. Um, or just, like, if you can catch it on AMC, I'm sure if they're doing the first run, they'll probably be showing reruns as well. Yeah, and I'm going to watch the next season. Yeah, totally. Like, I'm in it now. Yeah. I have to see what happens. I know. So I, then I think in that case, one of us will pay for it and the other one will steal the login probably because <laughs> we're all both paying for it hypothetically speaking that yes. is maybe possibly yeah. what might happen who knows that's not that that's a thing we do <laughs> a thing we do though is i came to visit you oh we yes into the spider-verse we together did. it was awesome so it was my first time watching it um i hadn't watched it but it came out like, the Tuesday before Preeti came, and I was like, well, I know what we're doing. <laughs> and I loved it. I understand now why, you know, I understand just the, like, the deep amounts of love for this movie. Um, it was everything, I think, um, and I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan. Like, I like, I like the movies well enough. I read some of the comics. I like them, um... But, like, my main love for Spider- for, for Spider-Man and Peter Parker comes through you. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't have my own, like, huge, so, but this character, this movie really made me love these characters in a way that, and, and a form of connection with them that I didn't necessarily have mm-hmm. before this movie. And that's, I mean, that's amazing because that means it's very accessible, um, for new viewers. And I know a lot of non-comics people who are just, who aren't into like the Marvel movies were like oh did you see that movie it was really good like who saw it because their kids wanted to see it and like Mm -hmm. I just I thought it was so well done the animation style was so interesting it was yeah they you know they invented animation styles for this movie they took story that could have been overly familiar and managed to create something new and vibrant out of Mm -hmm. it which was really nice because you know Miles Miles's comics origin story is different than what was in the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In in the comics, he becomes you know he does get bitten by that spider. It, it does involve his uncle, but 
it's really the loss of seeing Peter Parker die mm-hmm. that pushes him. It's very similar to Peter's journey of like he gets pushed into this by realizing that when he didn't act, a horrible thing happened. Mm-hmm. And so he has to do it. So I really liked that in this movie they you know, there's still death and there's still like it still influences him, but it is also very much about that notion of like the responsibility is there and so you have the power, you should do it. Yeah, and um, from what you told me, and I've read some of the um, Miles comics, Brian Michael Bendis didn't give Miles much of a... There's not a lot to set him apart from Peter beyond that he's Afro-Latino. Like, in terms of... Yeah. Like, it's just... Personality or interests, or he's, like, also, like, super smart and good at, you know, science, and he's... He's also a little awkward and he's also like funny. There's, it wasn't, you know, something that comes, shines through in this movie is that unique, distinct personality. Yes, absolutely. Like, and I really loved that they explained something as complex as the Spider-Verse in such a simple way. Yes. Um, And the voice casting was excellent. Oh my God. Like I, there were, there were multiple times I was turning to breathing and being like, is that like, you know. Like because the yeah, voice casting is. is just so good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I don't. I don't honestly have anything bad to say about this movie. Like, I don't have any criticisms. I thought it was a perfect little movie. I thought it, um, they did an excellent job. I can't believe Sony put out like such a good like such I a know. good Spider-Man movie. And they're doing a lot more, right? Or they're doing yeah. More of them? There's they have like there's something like ten years of Spider movies planned planned at Sony or is something. It all just cartoons. No, I think it's a combination okay. of, like, the Venom stuff, and I think Morbius is blech, but that's on the list. But in terms of animated, I know that they just greenlit the Spider-Women with Cindy Moon, Jessica Drew, and Gwen right. Stacy, which is amazing, because yeah. if we get Cindy Moon on screen, I'm going to lose my shit. Yeah. Like, um, still? What? Yeah. So, Preeti, when are you watching the Venom movie? <laughs> <laughs> I actually still haven't seen it, and I'm kind of like, I did a, um, so my buddies, uh, Scott Corelli and um, Zach, who is in my head as, like, just Spider-Man, they do a podcast called Spider-Man Minute by the Minute, and it's every Spider-Man movie broken down minute by minute, and I've guessed it on it a few times. And so for April Fool's, we did a minute by the minute Venom. And acted like we'd been doing this, like they had been doing this all season, like breaking down the Venom movie. But so I watched five minutes of the Venom movie with them for that podcast, having not seen any of it. And it's just the sequence of Tom Hardy speaking to a blob of goo that has Venom's face. (laughs) So bizarre. And just like, I, I have nothing, I have like no words. Because I was like, I'm trying to contextualize this, and I have no idea how we got here. I don't understand the dynamic between the two of them. But I do want to see it. I just, that's one of those movies I have zero desire to see. Like, it's not even like I want to see it because it looks really dumb. Um, And I'll enjoy that. Like, that's just one that I think will be too bizarre to even, like, be, like, just, it's so bizarre. There was, like, this review about it that was, like, um, everyone in the movie is acting like it's a super serious superhero movie, except Tom Hardy, who's acting like he's in the Jim Carrey movie Liar Liar. (laughs) 
Okay, that actually makes me want to see it. I know, right? That actually makes me want to see it now. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I don't know when that's going to be on the list, but uh, something that is going to be on the list and that we have spent quite some time talking about already offline, uh, the new trailer for Rise of Skywalker, <sighs> Star Wars Episode Nine, dropped on Friday at Celebration, and it broke the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just broke Twitter, which yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Uh. I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's just break it down, kind of. Let's so, just break it down. You know, it starts with that heavy breathing, mm-hmm. and we see Ray on some desert planet, whether yeah. it's Jakku or Tatooine, Tatooine yeah. or some Afer, some new desert planet, because there are so many deserts in Star Wars. Um, and, and desert you, planets, too, because desert planets are a thing. Like, apparently, it's not possible for a planet to have more than one ecosystem. No, they're all one thing. Yeah. Um, because, you know, science. Yeah slash magic but so ray is standing there and she has she has anakin and luke skywalker or uh, luke's uh lightsaber in her hand so she clearly rebuilt it she rebuilt and then kylo ren's tie mm-hmm. comes from the distance and it's behind her and she starts to she like is like has this um daisy ridley has this amazing like i'm gonna do it face on and she's like running and she jumps into a flip over like backwards over the tie and then it i and um, just like, i was like that is for me like equivalent to that scene in the force awakens when kylo stops that bolt of ooh, like in yes. the air like and that was like that level of cool for me i was like whoa so- like <laughs> um and then we go into leia's theme which i appreciated uh, them leaning in on that theme for this trailer um yeah, and then there's just a lot of kind of individual shots um Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill narrates the trailer, yeah. which makes me really even more than this because his Luke voice is so good and it's so different from his regular speaking voice. Mm-hmm. But his Luke voice is so good and it makes me want um it makes me want like a animated or even live action. I mean I would take live action, I don't know that he would be willing to do it, but an animated Luke Skywalker show to fill in the gaps between um six and seven. I would love for that to happen. I would like that. I want to see Luke's journey, but it's, you know, there's so much going on in this trailer. It's, and it's just a teaser. And and what's so lovely about trailers like this is it just inspires Mm -hmm. conversation and, you know, guessing and and seeing if you can pull like a a nugget of something out of a 0.02 second shot, you know? So it's like, we see Poe and, Bo and Finn on some sort of like, um, what do you call the like the speeders or mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. that looked very similar to what happened, you know, outside of Jabba's palace in yeah, Empire. Like um, we saw the two of them in a very like what I said on Twitter, Savage Garden video kind of look where yes. they're in the like the mountains or something. Um, we saw them and Ray. And 3PO mm-hmm. and BB 8 and Dio, who is the new cute little droid. Oh, that droid's so cute. Like looking out at what seemed to be the Death Star ruins? Yeah, so the, epi- the episode 6 Death, the Return of the Jedi Death Star, I think, not the uh, episode 4 one. Yeah, it does seem like it's, 
it's that one. Just from what I've read, it seems to confirm that it was that one. But, of course, nothing we read is reliable. But my gut tells me it was probably that one. I mean, so then cut to the end of the trailer after all these, like, teeny tiny little split-second images, you know, Kylo repairing his mask. Was it Kylo? Because it did not look like his hand. It was somebody like repairing. Yeah, you're right. Ready. It was an alien it was, hand. It was like a black yeah, yeah. hand with like patchy fur. So yeah. someone repairing, repairing Kylo's mask. Someone repairing Kylo's mask. Kylo looking dirtier and more disgusting with every iteration that we see of him. Yeah. Like sitting in a ship. Um, and uh, all these like tiny little snippets. And then it ends or seemingly ends, and just as it's fading to black, you hear that terrifying, maniacal laughter of Emperor Palpatine, like, Palpatine, and, like, literally talking about it, I'm getting goosebumps. It was so good. And I think, like, like, right before that, like, Luke said, or, like, Mark Hamill says, nothing is gone forever, in, like, a hopeful way. And then you hear that that laugh, and it's just like, no! It's so good, it's so good, though. So it's really funny when... Episode, when Force Awakens came out, I was like, if they bring Palpatine back, I'm going to riot. Because, like, I was like, do we yeah. need to do something fresh? We need to do something new. But now I love it. Because I feel like they've earned it now. Mm-hmm. I agree. Wholeheartedly. They've given us, like, unique, like, The Last Jedi, divisive of a film as it is, was something wholly unique mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe. Like, there was, like, The Force Awakens hit a lot of familiar beats as it needed There's to. There's a lot of nostalgia in that movie. And that's okay. Like. Yeah. It, it to your point, like they they had to prove to us that they remembered what Star Wars was, yeah. and they did it with the Force Awakens and with the Last Jedi. They gave us something New. interesting and different, yeah. and we're like, actually, but we do still have ideas that can exist in the universe that you've never seen before. Yeah, and so to bring this familiar villain back, who is scarier than anything we've seen, yeah. in the last decade, like two decades from Star Wars, is. So smart. And we don't know what it, we don't know that he's back back, but we don't it was know just what it chill- means. So chilling. Um, and so I've been doing some like reviewing and reading of like the Star Wars books and stuff. I've, mm-hmm. um, and Kathleen Kennedy confirmed that they've been, they've been planning for this basically. Yeah. Like this has always, that maybe it hasn't always been like the end game, but like this always, they wanted to maybe keep, I guess, keep possibly keep the door open in case this was where how it turned out um and oh my god like so i've read um i would recommend reading if you haven't yet chuck wendig's aftermath trilogy um it goes into basically it sets this up honestly and if you so we're going to do a spoiler alert right now if you don't want to read it because it is reading three books um and may not have that kind of time well i'll just tell you what you need to know so basically um so that spoiler alert if you don't want the book spoiled for you turn away um so basically the emperor we all know he had these well we don't all know if you're not into the expanded university you wouldn't know this um like he had all these like force artifacts and stuff stashed away um everywhere and he had his idea was to wipe out as much of the empire and the um, new republic fleets as he could if he was ever um if he ever died he wanted to like kind of wipe out as much 
infrastructure to basically set the galaxy back to square one and then to take, you know, whatever resources they could and flee into the unknown regions um, where they could rebuild and then become the first order. So this was all like his plan all along. And so the book basically focuses on people thwarting that to a certain extent because um, he was supposed to blow... The reason that the last battle takes place on Jack or above Jakku is because one of the... Jakku holds one of those... Um, like, one of those secret bases, and they thwart, basically, the um, destruction of Jakku so the Republic is able to win. Um, so that's the gist of it. Um, and so if you... So I'm, I'm marking this is not a spoiler alert anymore. So yeah, so basically that's kind of the gist of it. There's actually a really good article on io9 that kind of outlines what we know from the expanded universe that kind of sets up his return. I also recommend reading Thrawn Alliances. I'm reading it right now. Um, but we knew that the Emperor was really interested in Thrawn because he came from the Unknown Regions. And it's a really good book. Um, a Darth Vader uh, Thrawn team-up. You don't have to read the first one um, in the trilogy to understand it. And I think there's a third one coming out um, in the next few months. So, yes. But it's very exciting. I'm really... I've talked about this before, I think, on the podcast, but Lost Jedi was hard for me personally. I think it was the right direction, but as a, you know, Luke fan and as, like, it's just, it's a middle, it's a middle movie in a trilogy. Right. Like. And that's a hard place to be in. It is. It's a hard place to be in. Like, many of us, some of us did, like, but Preeti and I, and many of us did not have to wait between Empire and Jedi. Yep. And I always say Empire is my favorite of the three because there's the most character development, but with the caveat, I cannot watch Empire without watching Return of the Jedi. No, like I would never sit down and just watch Empire. No, I wouldn't because I need the story of Return of the Jedi to like make me feel good mm-hmm. and because Empire does not leave me feeling good. And so I feel like The Last Jedi is going to be the same. Like once we look on back on it, um, I think people will judge it less har- less harshly. Um, and I think it's okay if you don't yeah. like it. Like, it's okay if you disagree with it. It's okay if you don't like it, as long as you're not harassing people on Twitter over it. Like, I think mm. it's fine to have your opinions. Um, but I think it's also important to not conflate not liking it. If you don't like it, you're automatically racist, sexist, blah, blah, right. blah. Or a troll or a harasser. Because, like... I know plenty of people who legitimately were like, oh, that movie was not for me, but don't engage in any of those behaviors. So, (laughs) I mean, it'll be interesting to see what this movie does to The Last Jedi. It'll be interesting to see how all these characters, like, it's so funny because the, there was never any, there was never any question I think by the time we got to Star Wars, where Luke's journey would end. Yeah. I'm I'm sure at the time of release that people weren't sure. But for us, like the hero myth was such a known quantity that you identify with this character, the odds of them subverting that are fairly unlikely. Yes. You know? So with this, though, there are so many characters that are still up in the air that we don't know. Like, we don't know what Kylo's story is going to be. Yeah. We don't know what Ray's story is going to be. We don't know what Poe and Finn are going to end up like. Yeah, and just because the main trio survived the original trilogy doesn't mean they're all going to survive this one. Like, Han Solo was supposed to die. 
Yeah. Um, in the original trilogy. And so, like, we just don't know. But that's so exciting. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many opportunities for story in this movie, which will be the end yeah. of the Skywalker saga, you know? Like, we talked about, does Skywalker refer to, like, we don't know, does it refer to Leia, which is what I think we both hope for? What we both hope for, and I think people aren't talking about enough. Like, I haven't no. seen anyone else talking about, like, I think Skywalker, and I hope Skywalker, refer, the Rise of Skywalker refers to Leia. Um, and I think maybe part of that is because we know that this movie was supposed to focus on Carrie Fisher, but she has passed, and so they're very constrained with what scenes they can do with her. Right, but, like, of of the Skywalkers that we we know, Leia is the only one who hasn't gotten her due as being part of that family. You know, yeah. the, the closest we've gotten is, you know, in, um, in Jedi when... You know, Luke, I have a sister. Yeah. There is a sister. You know, that's kind of as close as it gets. And then in Last Jedi, when she really shows her force affinity and saves herself from from space. Mm -hmm. But we haven't gotten the emotional catharsis of her being a Skywalker on screen that I Mm -hmm. think we deserve Mm -hmm. for her as a character. And so it would be incredible if Leia was the Skywalker referred to in the title. Yes, even if by implication and like if it had to happen off screen because, you know, the practical logistics, I don't think they should, you know, they should CGI her. Like, I'm I'm glad that they made the decisions they did and I'm I'm glad they're working around that. But um, yeah, even my, I would be fine if it, it happening by implication. But then the other side of it is it could also refer to the rise of a new order. Yes. Yes. And I like that, too. Like, no more Jedi, the Skywalker order. The Skywalker, which is about the balance, because that's truly what's happened with all of them, right? Mm-hmm. It was a lack of balance, and, and it's not about light and dark. It's about, the like, all of it together is where you should be. Right. And how that's going to play in with the mythology of the Force is really exciting, with the father and the son and the daughter, and how that might inform things, you know? Right. Just, a lot of, I think, I think a lot of, um, I don't think it's necessary to watch beforehand, but I think a lot of what we saw in season four of Rebels is going to play into this movie. Um, I hope so. Um, especially because we know that Palpatine was able to access time travel. And, mm-hmm. like, is that going to be the mechanism through which he preserves himself? Like, I hope it's not cloning. I, just, I don't think they'll do that. Because that's the, the like, original, like, can't the, the, yeah. the old canon. Like, he, like, just basically get cloning himself and coming back. And it's like mm, we saw not. that in that was wasn't that the the like twist at the end of the Prestige? <laughs> they were twins, I think. Oh no, which one am I thinking of? No, it's Prestige is the one where he keeps killing himself and coming back to life. Like he just cloned himself a bunch the, of times. Or that, is that the other magician one? It's the I mean, one with Hugh Jackman. Oh no, okay, I'm thinking of the one with Christian Bale. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know remember. If that's the prestige. There were two magic movies that yeah. came out at the same time. Sorry, I've derailed us. But that's the end of the Hugh Jackman one. Is it turns out the reason he is able to like perform that bananas escapist trick is that he has a billion clones in the basement. <laughs> so like, please don't do that. Yeah, don't Palpatine. do that. Let's not do that. It could be like too heavy on the sci-fi, which is not what Star Wars is. Yeah, it's a, it's magic, not science yeah it's, it's magic not science so like don't go into like like i would rather like he force created a new body for himself than they cloned him like you know what i mean like i would rather just rely on magic totally rely on magic right or he's like and just not explain it than be like oh well he took the midi chlorians and he you know like 
Yeah. Or someone pulled him into the space between time or whatever it is, right? Like, anyway, just don't clone him. Yes. Boo. Agree. Agree. Oh, there's so much. And I know we're going to be talking about this for the next We're going to be talking about it. Yes. So, you know, tell us your theories. Like, tell us what you got out of that trailer. There's so much that we didn't talk about. Yeah, like, we didn't talk about a lot of the individual scenes, like, that they showed us just because, yeah. Oh, my God, though, did you see that meme on Twitter where... Oh, I did, and I'm so sad about it. I can't stop laughing. Okay, so there's this meme on Twitter that shows, like, the scenes from Solo, and it shows, like, the top is, like, Han Solo, uh, like... like Lando Donald Glover Lando saying I'm gonna get my shit back and Han Solo saying over my dead body and then like Billy Dee Williams from the trailer like grinning (laughs) I can't stop laughing at it I've been laughing at it for like four days and I can't stop laughing (laughs) I have it like open all the time and I'll just click over sometimes because I forget and start laughing (laughs) this is like that that deer that the deer for me this is like that deer the a video of that deer that was set to oh Phil God. Collins's in the air tonight this is like that level for me like because like I kept that video open for like I no joke a month just so I could forget and click back over to that tab and like cackle and this is how this yeah that's thing yeah this is how this is for me it's funny that is very funny. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so there is, but there is just a lot here, and there's a lot we probably haven't considered, and there's a lot. So just, yeah, let us know. What um, you think. What you think, yeah. We don't yeah, know anything, so we would love to hear more ideas. More theories. You have to understand, Slavna and I, like, this is our jam. We yeah. we literally, like, FaceTimed on Saturday morning, I yes. think, to discuss this. Just for ourselves. Yeah, no, not for the podcast. It wasn't a brainstorm. It was because, like, we needed to do this, like, and we needed to talk about it and, like, looking at each other, like... And, like, really thinking about the, like, dissection of that trailer. Yeah. This is where we live. And so you can bet now... I think, and also with The Last Jedi, um, I was so scared of what they were going to do to Luke, because I knew he was going to die. Like, I just knew from the title, The Red you know, the red, like, I knew, and so, like, yeah, I was just, I was just, like, I don't really want to, so, like, now that that's done, I can, like, be really excited about this again, because it's, it's done, like, it is what it is, and it was the right decision, I think, to focus truly on Ray's story, you couldn't have Luke around, because as long as Luke is around, you're gonna focus on him. I mean, that comes back to the hero myth, the the teacher has to be out of the, out of the picture. Mm -hmm. We love you anyway, Mark. We love you, Mark. So that's kind of the main crux of our show. Yeah. Um, we managed to get all, through all of that in uh, 58, 59 minutes. That's very that's, impressive. Yeah, because there was a lot to discuss. So we're going to try and do a post-Endgame episode, even if it's a little shorter and we just do Endgame. I think we'd rather get, like, 20 or 30 minutes out on that than... Than wait, because it's going to be bananas. Oh, my God, it's going to be bananas. Um, okay. What do you love? What are the things you love? So, it's been a long time, and as you know, I've been doing nothing but ingesting media over the last few months. I actually edited this down. Like, there were, like, eight other things I was going to mention. But, very quickly, We Bear Bears, which is a Cartoon Network show. Uh, It's on Netflix. Episodes are, like, 11 minutes long, and it's about three bears who are brothers, a grizzly bear, a polar bear, and a panda bear. And it is so funny and so cute. 
And I highly recommend it as like a feel good, like I'm in the mood to be happy kind of show because it'll just make you smile really big. Um, And then How to Train Your Dragon with that, like three, which I saw, which is a perfect trilogy of films. And if you've not seen any of them, sit down and watch them all in a row. You will cry in every movie. Okay. Well, I cry in a bad way in the third one. I'm kind of afraid of what happens. No, 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 no. Okay. You'll be. Still, I've seen the first two. I love these movies, and that's why I am very invested. You're gonna love the third one so much. Okay. It is so heartwarming, but also like beautiful, and and touches on very real and adult themes in the mm-hmm. way that the series handles so well. You know, like I feel like the way they handled his father's death in the second one. Oh, sorry, that was a spoiler. Oh, but either way, it's so well written. And this is no different. The third yeah. one, like, is about Hiccup, and it's about Toothless and their relationship. And that's, I, like, so wonderful oh. to me. Um, and then the show called Shit's Creek, which is on its fifth season. And I didn't watch because I thought it was – the first two episodes really make it seem like it's going to be, like, an Arrested Development kind of show. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of mean-spirited a little bit. But it's not. It's a show that is about – these characters who are super rich and then lose all their money learning to like kind of love and be a family and in a really heartwarming way, but also fucking hilarious, like crying. I laugh so hard at some of the jokes. Like I, it is on Netflix and I highly recommend it. And then the last thing I'm just mentioning this. Yeah. We're going to do an episode episode on it, but, but, I finally watched The Magicians. I've been telling, okay, to be fair, I've been telling her about this, this show for, like, years, like, because I love The Magicians, and now her standing for the show has eclipsed mine. (laughs) It's really gross. It is. It's very gross. Like, I, this show is so good. It just gets better. Yes. Which is, I think, key. Because I feel like the first season was middling. It was good. It was good, and it had a lot of promise, but it wasn't, like, amazing. It's fun. The first season is very fun yeah. and like um it pulls you in. Yeah. Yeah. But um so no. we're, we're gonna do like a whole, a whole thing on it. Yeah, so once I have to watch season four because it's still not on Netflix and it won't be, I think, for a while, so I think I need to just watch it on sci fi and then we're going to um And we'll do, do we'll break it down. Thing. Yeah. Um okay. So my what do I love? Um, oh, okay, so there's this podcast. Oh, my God. Not Daisy Gate Girls. Like, <laughs> there's this great podcast. Have you, have you heard of it? Okay, so there's this <laughs> podcast called Up and Vanish, and it is um, basically the first season was about, and it was started back in, like, 2016 or something. The first season was about this, like, teacher slash, like, beauty queen pageant person who disappeared in like 2004 in the small town in Georgia and like basically her case was always unsolved it's like what happened to her and it's just this like amateur like documentary filmmaker slash podcaster decides to just start a podcast and start investigating um, and it's like it was kind of like it started in like the wake of like the serial and all the like create you know the, the just the amazing fan desire for true crime pod- podcasts except this podcast, an arrest happens in the middle of the podcast, and now, and I've just finished re-listening to because I, I started I listened to it a couple of years ago, and I've started 
I actually just re-listened to it because the trial is starting of the person they arrested is starting like I think started last week and so it's just like it's it's one of those like rare um rare like stuff where you actually get some closure but there's still a lot of questions because like what was in the like I'm not gonna like spoil it but what was in just stuff doesn't match up there's it's still clear there's a lot to be told we have some answers but it's one of those things that every answer you get seems to like bring up more questions and so I'm really enjoying it other than that my media consumption has been you know my watching my child like yeah play with toys like I just <laughs> and I realized the other day actually that I have not watched TV like before since he was born before eight thirty like he goes to bed about seven and then like we'll eat and then do some stuff and then we've been catching up on Game of Thrones in anticipation of this like final season but otherwise like I have not watched any TV because if the TV's on he's looking at it mm-hmm. and so like I just so I just have kept it off and it's like been like wow I have not like I have not watched anything I think I must have just taken on all of your TV Probably. because I have watched. Oh. Probably. I, like, watch nothing. It's like all your TV genes just flew mm-hmm. into my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I love The Magician so much. Yes, I agree. I think I think so. <laughs> I, think, I think that makes sense. That ha- it has to be. <laughs> so you've got, so before we close up, you've got a little bit of a pre-order campaign going on, right? Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> I am here for you. Somebody's so good at being, at being my, like, hype person who reminds me to tell people mm-hmm. they should buy this book. You have a book coming out, remember? I have a book coming out. So it's my Spider-Man book, which is linked at the top of my um, Twitter profile. So you can just like swing over there and we'll, we'll put it in the show notes as well. But if you pre-order the book, send me an email um, to pre-order at preethychipper.com with like proof of purchase or whatever. And I will send you a very cute little signed book plate. They're very is a, cute. They're very cute. It's got, like, Spidey is hanging down and Ned's laughing. And you basically can peel it off and stick it on the inside cover of your book when you get it. Yay! It's so cute. I'm very excited. This this book's going to be so cute. It's adorable. I can't wait for you all to get it. And it's less than two months out, which is bananas. That is bananas. Wow. Thanks. Um, But I think that is everything for this episode right we kind of hit the big beats well like like so i said we'll be back for endgame in a couple weeks Mm -hmm. um but in the meantime we are a part of the hard knock life podcast network and you can find all the podcasts in the hard knock media family at http colon slash slash hardknockmedia.com. I think you just said hardknockmedia.com and they would have gotten it. I started reading it though and then I committed. <laughs> I was like, oh no, I said the HTTP, but I was just looking and reading. <laughs> I was like, are you going to do HTTPS? Like, I thought about encourage it. Them to, encourage them to, <laughs> to, to use a more secure connection. <laughs> Uh, anyway <laughs> we're not even going to edit this this is just no, what this it is, is going in. so today we want to shout out the podcast we're not all ninjas their latest episode is about Captain Marvel and Battle Angel Alita and for our Patreon subscribers thank you for sticking with us we are planning on getting back to a more regular schedule at this point 
Um, thank you to Fazia and Meredith Smith at the $10 level, and Jerome, Sylvia, Martha, Brandy, Rahul, Jordan, Annie, Claire, Brian, Robert, Maya, and the Knott family at the $5 level. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Desi Geek Girls, and I am at Run With Skizzers. And I am at S. Krishna. <laughs> this is, I had to stop reading our thing. Were you about to read mine, too? I was. Yeah. I could tell. I was just like, <laughs> no. I'm going in. Oh, anyways, as always, please rate us on Apple Podcasts. We think it helps people find the show. Don't, know. don't you want them to enjoy the ridiculousness yeah. that happens here. Yeah, I know. It's true. <sighs> All right. Until next time. Okay. We will see you in hell. Woo-hoo. Wait, you didn't say it. I know. I, then now I feel dumb. No, I was gonna, I was like, you can say it. I've already fucked up too many times. Well, as you can see, we're a little bit rusty, but we'll be better next time. I'm back at- Oh my god, my stomach hurts. <laughs>